0: Pentagon is starting to use its authorities under the Defense Production Act to ramp up the nation's medical supply base. Meanwhile, the Army Futures Command has not let up on its innovation pursuits. Those are just a couple of the items. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni and Jared Serbu write about in this week's edition of the newly relaunched DOD Reporter's Notebook. Jared, let's start with you. There is a new format to the DOD Reporter's Notebook. Briefly tell us about that and what's top of mind this week.
1: Yeah, so we have a couple different things that we brand The Reporter's Notebook. A lot of our readers are familiar with the one that Jason Miller does every week that's that's largely focused on government-wide IT and acquisition issues. We, we've long had a DOD version of that, but we decided to relaunch it in a slightly different format, which is uh, the idea is to give people more stories um, that are shorter, but but include what, you know what we consider to be little tidbits that flew under the radar during the past week that may not have gotten a lot of coverage, particularly during the COVID nineteen pandemic. So. We're, we're, we're trying it out for a little while here. Uh, we like how it's going so far, but interested in any feedback our, our readers and listeners might have on the new format.
0: All right. Check it out at federalnewsnetwork.com. And one of the big items, I think, is this Defense Production Act, Jared, that is actually they're exercising that muscle finally.
1: Yeah, they, they are starting to use some of those emergency authorities to help in, in the COVID-19 fight. And this is not to say that DOD has not been procuring items related to, to coronavirus for for the last month or two, they, they certainly have through normal acquisition channels, but th- but they did just announce that they're using the DPA for the first time as part of that COVID fight, and in particular, it's for 133 million dollars um, under the DPA Title Three of the DPA to boost uh, domestic production of N95 respirator masks. We don't know exactly what part of Title Three they're using, and there's there's a lot of things that DoD does on a fairly routine basis under Title III, which could range anywhere from displacing direct orders with a company to making financial investments into pre-existing companies where they think that they need to ramp up domestic production capacity rather than making direct purchases. And it's distinct, we should say, from Title I of the DPA, which is what the president invoked a few weeks back. Letting HHS actually order private companies to make things for the government. That is not what's going on here. This is a, you no, to I don't know how else to put it, a friendlier way of using the Defense Production Act in a cooperative way with, with companies. In, in a related news that we saw this week, this is not directly a DPA action, but the Defense Logistics Agency signed a contract worth almost a half billion dollars with a company called Battelle, that's uh, going to supply machines 60 machines that can cleanse can sanitize N95 masks that have already been used in healthcare settings so that they can be reused and so that that should you know, essentially reduce the demand for new masks by about 34 million masks per week just by virtue of being able to reuse them. So they're going to station those 60 machines around the country, depending on where FEMA and HHS think they make the most sense.
0: And the other muscle they're flexing is the OTA one. I guess they've been having that one for some time, but that's come anew also, on huh, Jared?
1: Yeah, they're, basically what's happening is they're relaxing the rules around how DOD can use OTAs um, for specific coronavirus response um, response issues. It was actually part of the CARES Act, the big stimulus bill that Congress passed, um, but but the implementation guidelines have just come out from DOD. And essentially what they do is they get rid of the requirement for very large OTAs above $500 million to get the approval of the Undersecretary of Defense for Acquisition and Sustainment. That authority is now moved down to the military services so they can sign off on those themselves. And, and then the other main thing I would say that that this, this legislation and this memo do is it gets rid of the requirement that um, DOD give advance notice to Congress when it's contemplating a big OTA. Now they can just do it, notify Congress after the fact, whenever they get around to it, essentially. We don't have much data yet on, on, on how, how much this tool is being used for the COVID-19 response. And even in the best cases, we get very lagging data on DOD's use of OTAs. We're probably There's probably going to be even more of a lag now that these reporting requirements have been relaxed.
0: Federal News Network's Jared Serbu, thanks so much. You bet. And Scott, we'll turn to you, Scott Massioni, the other co-author now of the reconstituted DoD Reporter's Notebook. And Scott, I have to point out, you couldn't resist writing about dogs and pets in the, right. uh, in the military these days. What's going on there?
2: Yeah, well, everyone has a best friend. And uh, I think a lot of military service members have dogs as best friends or pets at some point. One of the things that you and I have been talking about throughout this whole uh covid 19 issue and the military stop move order is the the repercussions that the military didn't exactly expect from this one of those happens to be that p- pets are not able to meet back up with their owners you know if you were pcsing right before you went before this whole coronavirus and stop order movement happened uh you know you you may have not gotten all of your household goods and some of those things you know people needed to put their pets into kennels or other areas while they were doing this whole move and then have their pet uh, relocated back to where they were. Well, uh, I talked to a the Continental Pet Relocation. It's a company that, that helps send pets to military owners. They said they have 33 families right now which are unable to reconnect with their pets because installations don't really want to bring new shipments of live creatures onto the bases right now during the COVID issue. So most of the relocations to Germany, Italy, Korea, Japan, unfortunately, are unable to meet up with their pets right now. Uh, and this company is in a holding pattern because they are filling up with pets and then also they, they do civilian pets as well. So just one of those unexpected repercussions that you would expect, would not expect from from this uh, military stop move order. And one other thing I wanted to touch on that also has to do with the stop move order is that, you know, childcare is something that's been sort of a, an issue throughout this whole thing. And that's because everything goes really from installation to installation. Some daycare centers have had to shut down purely because there have been COVID outbreaks or staff members have had COVID outbreaks. Uh, others have more essential employees working and therefore their daycare centers are overflowing. Others are just not able to provide what is needed hour-wise or staff-wise. So the Armed Services YMCA is teaming up with care.com. What they're doing is helping service members who need child care and already signed up with the YMCA, they're offering a 90 day premium membership for uh, 25,000 service members who already work with the YMCA. Uh, And that is hopefully going to be helping them uh, enroll in childcare, find the childcare that they need within the, the parameters that they have in their community. Now, there's about 1.6 million children who have a parent in the military, so that's a big market for child care out there.
0: And if you have teenagers, you'd probably rather have your dog back first anyway, in the case of a move. <laughs> and just uh, briefly, Scott, you also mentioned the Army Future Command has not lost a beat during this whole COVID-19 outbreak.
2: Right. Well, uh, you know, as you remember, the Defense Department's trying to innovate and stay innovative to be ahead of the near-peer competitors and ensure that they're keeping their tech technological advantage. Army's Futures Command is moving forward with one of their more innovative weapons, which is a soldier-operated future tactical unmanned aircraft system. And uh, what they plan to do in in the long run is award a $100 million drone contract by the middle of 2022. There's currently four companies that are competing with that and they're developing prototypes. So what they're planning on doing is, uh, over over the next several months, to deploy five different uh, drones from, from four different companies, so one company is going to double up with drones, and um, they're going to be with, these drones are going to be with these battalions for the next few months and just sort of using them, trying them out, and seeing how they like them. So some of the companies that we're seeing are Textron, uh, L3 Harris, you know, and uh, so we're going to see how these work out, and then eventually they will use this drone to replace the RQ7 Shadow.
0: And that's Federal News Network Scott Mascione. Thanks so much. Thank you. Check out Scott's and Jared Serbu's DoD Reporter's Notebook, now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. And stay up to date on your agency's latest responses to coronavirus. Visit our special resource page at federalnewsnetwork.com.